0: happy new year and welcome once again to strange planet on this episode alien abductions and the coming ufo invasion always a delight to have la marzulli with us he's a an author lecturer award winning documentary filmmaker he's penned more than a dozen books including the nephilim trilogy which uh, made the CBA bestsellers list. He's received an honorary doctorate for the uh, series from his mentor, Dr. I.D.E. Thomas, who was the provost uh, at uh, Pacific International University. And he was also honored with the gold medallion award from Chuck Misler at the K-House Conference back in 2014. His series on the trail of the Nephilim one and two are full colored oversized books which uncover startling evidence that there has been a massive cover up of what he believes are the remains of the Nephilim, the giants, of course, mentioned in the Bible. And his uh, latest documentary is uh, Disclosure, UFO Disclosure Part Four, The Coming UFO Invasion, Exposing the Dragon's Dark Secrets. L.A., welcome back. It's been too long. How are you?
1: Oh, it's great to be here, Richard. I'm great. Happy New Year to you, sir.
0: So uh, this is part four. Just give us a quick kind of a a little catch up here on on what took place in parts one through three before we delve into part four.
1: Yeah, great. Um, Number one is a remake of a 2017 film, you know, UFO disclosure. UFOs are real. Uh, That originally was like an hour and a half. I parsed it down to about an hour, um, and that was my first independent film uh, on my own. So since then, there's like you know 14 films and, and. that I've directed and edited myself, but I, I took the film in 2020 and redid it and re-released it. Basically, the 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 center, the tempole, the centerpiece of that is Al Matthews. Al Matthews was abducted, taken uh, from very early childhood, and he had an encounter with a hybrid entity. Which we talk about in that film. Number two, we sit down with Francisco Carrera, who's head of Exopolitics Portugal, Preston Dennett, who's an author, uh, written numerous books on the whole UFO phenomenon. And I sit down with, independently, of course. Francisco, I'm doing this with him in a in a pub in England. We had the whole thing to ourselves, which is really cool. And I'm over at Preston Dennett's house here in California. So there's no collusion between the two. But I'm asking similar questions about, about Roswell, about the cover-up, about what's going on. Um, number three is Close Encounters, where a whole ton of witnesses, just many different witnesses, come on and talk about their testimony, from air traffic controllers. talk about this thing was like right right over the runways right over the runways that type of deal to being taken and levitated to having the greys come into the room afraid to look at them next thing you know they're they're above their house looking down from like 100 feet up how is that possible i mean it's all over the map and everyone a ufo coming like silently right over the roof of a house things like that orange balls manifesting flying all around it's but what it does is it shows that something is happening something is happening and the three films really are made to get to four because in four which is the abduction phenomenon this exposes the dragon's dark secrets this gives us the end game what is really going on how it's been protected literally for decades and the cat's out of the bag and by the way, the, the supernatural spiritual attack on our family since we released it has been through the roof. It's calmed down now. We've got lots of prayer warriors praying. We've handled it because greater is he, that is is in us than the scumbag is in the world. And, you know, we are strong of the Lord and the power of his might. And that's what I'm walking in every single day. But it's been very difficult for the last month or two.
0: I don't want to pry, but can you maybe give us a, 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 just a sense of what has been going on in terms of spiritual warfare?
1: Well, the the warfare has just been off the hook. I mean, unwanted thoughts coming in like a freight train, Um, different people in the family in particular, um, just having uh, breakdowns or, or problems, Things like that, and we know where the source is. We know absolutely where the source of all of us is coming from. It's not by coincidence. Exposing the dragon's dark secrets? Are you kidding me? And he's going to go, "Hey, well done, L.A. Congratulations." You know, Beelzebub. What do you think about that film? Get the popcorn. It's not happen, you know. So the pushback has been has been very, very, very intense. In fact, my wife is still dealing with some of that stuff. We've been apart on and off for basically the last month because she's wow. yeah. So oh, that's, that's what's going on. But I'm standing strong because of him. You know, in, in the midst of a storm, I raise a hallelujah, and the story. He's got this, and that's what I'm running with.
0: Well, God bless you and your family. Thank
1: you. Appreciate it.
0: So you, uh, there are four abductees that you interview in uh, a Part 4, The Coming UFO Invasion. And I don't know how many uh, abductees you've interviewed over the years. I'm, I don't know, hundreds. Is there anything at this point that absolutely surprises you, or are you starting to see, yeah, that, you know, I've heard that before, that before, all of these sort of commonalities, or is there anything that surprises you?
1: Nothing surprised me at all. Absolutely nothing. We've heard this over and over and over and over again. And in the beginning of the film, you know, there's a little, we're showing, it's very cinematic and showing what's going on, but, but, you know, one of the, one of the questions I I, I ask is um, you know, where do these people go? who would believe them? and and that's exactly it. who would believe them? but they they trust me and they come on the record. And what's what's nerve-wracking about this is all four of them are two men, two women basically saying the same thing that this is this is what happened and and the testimonies are riveting. in some cases visceral and gut-wrenching. Because, you know, we realize that, oh my gosh, you know, this is like nobody's making this stuff up. It's all too real. And there is a breeding program that's going on and it's uh it's nefarious.
0: There was a sense of relief um with one of the two women that you interviewed in this documentary when she discovered, when you revealed to her that what she was experiencing was you'd heard it before, and that was that she was taken through a closed window she went out through a closed window and she thought am i crazy and then when you told her no heard that before there was a sense of relief there tell us about that
1: well it was this is karen she's sort of the tentpole the mainstay of the film because her her testimony is gut-wrenching she was taken she was abducted since she was like five or six years old ongoing all through puberty got married to her first husband i meant she became pregnant and uh uh, at the end of the first trimester, she was reabducted and they took the baby, but I digress. But she talked about going through the window, going through the going through the ceiling, just like everybody else. And that's why in the film we, we cut back to our Watchers series with Dr. David Jacobs, who says, you know, exactly that. Has anyone else experienced that? Not realizing that every abductee goes through the closed window. And we, Robert Salas comes on the record. We interviewed him in our Watcher series, and Salas went through the window. I mean, through the closed window. He goes up to the window, and he's thinking, are they going to open the window? No, we're not going to open the window. They're going through the window. It's a future physics, as Dr. David Jacob says. These entities have the power to manipulate space, time, matter, energy in ways that just defy our physics. So that's what we're looking at. And that's... Um, but when I told it to Karen, there was exactly this. You can see in her countenance. There's this sense of relief. It's like, I'm not alone. I'm not going crazy. I'm not alone. Because who would believe you? You know, you just, what's well, it, scenario? So you wake up in the morning and you go to your wife and you go, you know, something happened really weird to me last night. And you were you were kind of asleep. You never woke up, even though I tried to call your name. But I was paralyzed. And then it levitated me and I went through the window. But the window was closed. And your wife goes, Honey, uh let's go to, this, let's go to the uh, family psychiatrist this afternoon or whatever, because that's certifiable. And and that's my point. That's why in the very beginning in the monologue, opening monologue, I say, who would believe them? Where do they go? Well, that's why we made the film. And the film is absolutely visceral, it's gut-wrenching. Um, there's people who said, Why do you just show Karen's face at the end of the interview? Because I want you to see her countenance and what she's been through and the wear and tear uh, psychically that that's happened to this woman. And that's why I leave it. And there's no, there's no, she's just staring at the camera. Then she's kind of, you know, and she turns away a little bit. It's visceral. Yes. And the same thing with, with Emil. When Emil gives his last words, he kind of goes, that's all I got to say, eh But we leave the camera rolling and you can see him. He's like, you know, kind of looking around, like, you know,
0: yeah it's it's for me it's impossible to see how anyone could could not watch their testimony with these raw emotions and come away thinking oh that's just all put on no something i mean even if you don't believe that they were abducted by aliens you know they had a very powerful real traumatic experience the other uh thing that uh karen was talking about was being in the presence of other children when she was taken to some facility. I think she used the term of facility. Other children were there, but also a, um, a human or a humanoid type presence. She described this man as being very mean, and then she sort of recognized him later. I think it was, was there during her first day of school?
1: Yeah, it was second grade, and, and the guy looked a lot like her principal and when she saw the principal, she would run and hide into the bathroom, second grade. And they found her in there one day. And so she told the teacher, and the teacher told her mom, and the mom took her to a doctor. And the doctor said, oh, she's just, you know, making up stories. She'll get over it. Well, she never did make it, get over it. Um, we've heard this before, where there seems to be humans that are brought into the program to act as handlers, Um Dr. David Jacobs' book, uh, Walking Amongst Us, talks about that. The abductees uh, who are taken become the handlers of the hybrids of, of these, these these part alien, but they're not alien, but, well, I digress, and human. They're, they're fallen angels, in my opinion, and the women of Earth creating what would be called a modern-day Nephilim. That's what these are. These are modern-day Nephilim, which is, of course, my wheelhouse. I've written numerous books, and and everything else talks about that. But that's what these hybrids are. They are, in fact, modern-day Nephilim, and they are soulless, and they are walking amongst us. And now they can pass. You know, when uh, David Weverly did his his DVD and book on the Black-Eyed Kids, we interviewed him for our Watchers series. And I said, you know, David, I get a feeling that these are not children. They're far older than that but they're, they're stunted." He said, Ellie, I completely concur with you. They're, they're like, they've stopped growing. They look like kids, but they're not kids. And see, the dragon the dragon has been trying for, for decades to get it right. When you go back in the 90s and you talk to an abductee, well, what did they look like? What did the children look like? They looked more alien than human. They had long, stringy hair, and they looked very sick. Then from there, you go into the black-eyed kids. Well, they looked like children, but they weren't. And I felt the overwhelming presence of evil among with them, but their eyes were completely black. But they're stunted and stocky. Karen says that. They were stocky. They looked like my kids, but they were stocky. They were short and stocky. That's the black-eyed kids. And then from there, you go into the modern-day hybrids where Al Matthews uh, in in the very first ufo film that interview is worth the price of everything because Al sister has an encounter with this woman and she's not human she's not human when they're riding together in the freight elevator al's a mover and she died diane's just come in and they've got a, a a container that came in from kuwait and they're ra- riding in the freight elevator and she leans over and she goes they're listening, Al. It's just the two of them. He's never met this woman before. They're riding in the elevator together. And she goes, they're listening, Al. And Al goes, who's listening? He's creeped out by this. And she goes, you know, the greys. You and I were supposed to meet on the ship. I mean, it's like, you know, you're not making this stuff up. So later on, when Al finally is spending time with her, uh, not alone, because the, the, Diane's got her friend there. She goes over and sits on, takes off these dark glasses. Up until that time, she'd been wearing these dark wraparound, almost like swimmer's goggles. Yes. So Al never saw the woman's eyes. And when she goes over, she takes out the glasses, and she goes over and sits on Al's lap, pulls up her shirt, and goes, my, you're well-preserved. Then she leans in to kiss him, and he pushes her off. At that moment, the eyes go serpentine. They shape. They change color. And so she's a hybrid. There's no doubt about it. And she lets off the most evil laugh you've ever heard in your life. And that's when Al gets up and flees. And he goes over to a mutual friend, Gordy Tong. They get me on Skype. We Skype. We talk. We we help Al get through this. Two weeks later, he becomes a born-again, birth-filled Christian. Because that's the way to get out of this thing. Karen says it very succinctly at the end of, of number four. So Al's testimony is one. Two is... You know, um, Francisco, head of Exopolitics, Portugal, and 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 Preston Dennett talking about the validity, the veracity of the whole UFO phenomena. Three is a plethora of witnesses saying we saw the stuff; it's real. We're not making it up. And four is, in my opinion, out of all the films I've ever done, this might be the most important film to date. Hmm. Uh,
0: Emil, um, he talks about as a child. His parents, well, I guess he was at his grandmother's place. She had a swimming yeah. pool in the backyard. Yeah. She was concerned yeah. that he might be sleepwalking. She locked right. him in his room. And yet, after these experiences, abductions, taken out through the window or through the roof, they would still find him outside.
1: And he looks at the camera and goes, how do you explain that? You know, because what am I, an escape artist? No, they locked the doors, they locked the windows, and he's outside the house. And we've heard this and, and the one part which which is just alarming, he goes, Yeah, even back then I'm on a camp out, you know, with, with my friends and I'm in the backyard and here they come over the wall. Here they come over the wall. Yeah, it's exact. They know where you are and they come and they get you. Emile was the one that we Im- that we took out the implant yes. in watchers eight. That's the one where we took out the implant. So now Emil, is, we're not pixelating his face. He's giving us an update. He's giving us the backstory, which is not in Watchers. But I talk about that extraction uh, in number four because it's very, very relevant to the whole to the whole film.
0: Right, because uh, again, you took him to the late Doctor Roger Lear, and um, they, you know, his prelim- preliminary tests. You, you located the the device in his leg. It was giving off rf um and then you take them take them to the surgeon and they do the x-ray it's not there until
1: well that was was really interesting because we we show it in the film so dr matriciana has got the ultrasound one and he's going over this little strip of flesh in emil's leg according to the x-ray that's where it should be can't find it it's like it's not there he does this for an hour and 20 minutes and finally, I get a little tap on my shoulder from the spirit of living God. You need to take authority over this. You do it. need to do it now. I'm in a room full of nonbelievers except for Richard Shaw, my, you know, my, my business partner and, and the director of the Watchers series. And so I look at Rick and I kind of go, you know, kind of give him one of those looks. And I go, all right, I'm in a room full of unbelievers. And I go, guys, uh, this might sound strange, but I'm going to pray and I'm going to do it now. And we reenact this. And I just I just prayer was very short. And it just said, Father, if there are forces cloaking this de- device, I pray that you would break their power and do it soon. Well, within two minutes, all of a sudden the thing just goes hidden. And all of a sudden it just goes like this. And it's right in front. Everybody goes, Oh my gosh, what's that? And Matriciana's like looking at this ultrasound one. He can't figure it out. Dr. Lear's bright eyed, you know, just like, whoa. And, you know, the following day or two days later, this was on a Saturday, Monday, we met at SEAL Lab. And I said, Roger, I hope you realize what happened in operation. And Roger's eyes got really big into L.A. I now believe it was a supernatural component to the alien abduction phenomenon. I'm going to tell what these Last time I ever saw him, but Richard and I went to Peru to film. We came back. He died, died in his massive heart attack in his doctor's office. I think they took him out. In my opinion, they took him out. That's what I believe
0: Uh, was that was uh, implant. What number 16 or 17 for Dr. It's number
1: number 17, which was made into a film. Uh, Richard, unfortunately gave the filmmaker, I won't mention his name, permission to use our, our footage, providing that he would give us credit. He never did that. Hmm. That I'll say openly because that, that's not right. But that's the way the game is played, isn't
0: it? It is indeed, unfortunately. So, uh, what does what did dr lear make of uh, implant number 17 did it share characteristics with the other 16 or was there something new here that surprised him
1: no seven, sev- 17 was the last one 16 was the one that he couldn't cut in a laboratory with with a with a, a metal blade, diamond tip blade, couldn't cut it. They have to take it to a lab and blast it open with a laser beam. Number 17, on the other hand, which is our last the last implant that he did, that was 45 years old. And it was one of the earlier ones. You could cut it with a razor knife, which, which which we did in the lab. We cut it in half with a razor knife and then looked at it under a scanning electron microscope. I mean, who gets to do this stuff, right? And uh, Again, whatever it was, um, it had it had metal in it, which was more more close to meteorite metal than anything found here on earth. So it's just, you know, it's high strangeness. We're the only team of Christians ever ever to be involved in that at all. And I think, and I've said this numerous times, I believe that these implants are the prototype. To what we read about in the guy book of supernatural i.e the bible the biblical prophetic narrative these are the prototypes to the mark of the beast in my opinion
0: fascinating you mentioned dr lear recognizing that there was a spiritual component to this and uh dr david jacobs who i believe is an atheist
1: mm-hmm. he is he
0: even he now is sort of well, in the last, I don't know, 10 years or, or whatever, sort of leaning towards, I think, I, I don't think he's ever come out and said, you know, I believe that, you know, this is the Antichrist, but he he sees this as some sort of a, maybe a spiritual component or a, certainly a massive deception at play. Others, uh, I've even heard uh, people like uh, Nick Redfern now talking in these terms. Um, I think Doctor Jacques Vallee has kind of hinted, you know, that again, there's a big deception here. I don't know if he's come out and said this is the Antichrist, but yeah, people are really starting to wake up to this, aren't they?
1: I think so, and that's why, you know, when we when we, when we say exposing the dragon's dark secrets, at the very end, I do I do my clothes. and I bring all the scripture that talks about this, all this prophetic scripture. Remember, these things are written thousands of years ago. So, you know, you can say, well, you know, the Anunnaki did this. Well, no, that's the Anunnaki had nothing to do with what's in the guidebook of a supernatural. So let's not, let's not try to plug them into something which isn't there. These are the prophets of the Most High God. Number one. Number two, they are under the power of the Holy Spirit, who's telling them what's going to happen. Our priority with great specificity in advance. And so all I do is lay it out. Here's the prophecy, here's what's going to happen. The kicker is this. There's a book called the Book of Daniel, and the angel who's dictating all this to Daniel, and Daniel's writing all this down, says, "Daniel, seal up the words to this book. You know, you're, you're gonna, you'll go your way and have a long life, but this isn't for you. This isn't for your time. What I'm telling you right now is not for your time. It's for the time of the end. So seal up the words, and then he gives us the, the, the clicker. Get this." Men and women will run to and fro over the face of the earth, and knowledge will increase. Well, if you take and you and you draw a line on a graph, knowledge, it's flat to Gutenberg and the printing press, and then we get a blip. And then finally... A couple hundred years later, we start the Industrial Revolution, and now we get this upwards curve. When you come into the 20th century, knowledge explodes, and now in modernity, we run to and fro over the face of the earth and do it on a daily basis. Knowledge now increases exponentially. The book of Daniel is now open for us to look at. Daniel chapter 2 states this, again, great specificity, and no one, no one really has commented on this. There's a handful of us who have commented on it. The late Chuck Messler commented on us. Daniel 2 tells us this. Their seed, their seed will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not cleave to it. Who are they?
0: Hmm.
1: Not men. So if it's not men, what is Daniel talking about? What is the angel, the, the messenger who is telling Daniel, seal up the words of the time of the end. Their seed will mingle with the seed of men. What do we get way back in Genesis 3.15? The seed, the offspring of the dragon, will be at enmity at war with the seed, the offspring of the woman. That's it. Sets up the rest of the biblical narrative. Right. Not, not most of the churches. Most people are ignorant of it. Most people don't know. I'll be in Texas— on the 21st of this month, a couple of weeks. And I'll be speaking at this at a conference. And that's conference number one. That's that's presentation number one. Here's the backstory. If we don't get this, I can't I can't go into the deep end of the pool. But this sets up the entire rest of the biblical prophetic narrative. It sets up what we are experiencing in modernity. But unless a person understands that it's all about the seed, the seed of the dragon will be at war at enmity with the seed of the woman. Then when you get to Daniel chapter 2, you look at that and you kind of go, I have no idea what that means. Their seed will mingle with the seed of men. Who are they? It's the fallen angels. It's the same thing. Doing what? Creating a hybrid. Oh, wait. Time out. Are there hybrids walking amongst us? Oh, yes. Dr. David Jacobs' book, Walking Amongst Us. Mm. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not.
0: Well, let's get back to the the uh, so-called alien-human hybrid program. I mean, Genesis 6, we had the, the, the fallen angels... Uh, taking the daughters of men maybe there was a negotiation maybe it was by force i've never been really clear on that maybe it was a combination of you know um, a, a swap for technology and yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the fate of the women obviously was death because they had to give birth to these giants uh why giants in in genesis and why now is it you know i guess as you say they're, they're trying to Perfect it, they're trying to make them more like us. It's part of the deception, but no giants now. It's sort of humanoid, they look like us a little bit.
1: Well, let me throw you some curveballs. First of all, I don't have all the answers, nobody does, you know. And I I interviewed Nick Redford actually a while back, a very interesting conversation, as well as Nick Pope. Very, very, and I haven't done anything with the interviews yet. Welcome to my world, but. We have the Kandahar giant, which was shot in Afghanistan. Mm. But we don't know how old that is. Is it 3,000 years old? Did it escape from the Levant when Joshua and Caleb came in? Is one of the survivors of the conquest of the Promised Land? Possibly. Mm. We don't know. We only know it was shot, and then they took it. The, The armed forces definitely took it. I was threatened by the deep state for making the film about it. I've had other people come up to me and give me confirmation inside information that only I know that they know to corroborate the story. It's real. But then you get Sasquatch. And the, the the sightings of Sasquatch have gone up exponentially in the last 30 years to now it just covers the map. They're everywhere. Is this, are they modern day Nephilim? Possibly. Some people say yes. Some people are still Scott Carpenter who's written books on it has been studying You know, Sasquatch, for a long time, believes, as I do, that they are modern-day Nephilim. They're always seen, most of the time, in the presence of UFOs. Mm. What's that about? So there seems to be some connectivity with that. So you've got the Kandahar giant, which is a reality. You've got Steve Quayle's giant, which is a reality. You've got Sasquatch, which is all over the place, which is another reality, so are these the beasts of the earth? Are giants walking amongst us? But then you've got Diane Kelly, who Al Matthews saw, that was a very pretty gal, in his own words. Very pretty lady, looked totally normal until she took off the glasses, right? Until she never- ate the fly. Yeah, well, she ate the fly. That was <laughs> that was the first flag on the play. The fly was the first flag. I mean, that was like, whoa, right? So, you know, this is um, it's high strangeness. And I think we figured out, you know, number five is the Crop Circle film, which might be out end of January, possibly early February, but it will be out very, very soon. I'm, I'm down to it here. I'm definitely down to it. So something's going on. And what is it? What are we looking at? What are we looking at, really?
0: L.A., we're going to take a quick time out, come back and uh, discuss the coming UFO invasion. L.A. Marzulli, documentary filmmaker, author, lecturer, stay with us
1: the truth will set you free free Free.
0: Free. but first it will really tick you off welcome back to richard Serrett's strange planet l.a marzulli and the latest ufo disclosure for the coming ufo invasion exposing the dragon's dark secrets it's about alien abduction phenomenon four amazing testimonies from four abductees we were talking about the hybrid uh, program uh, both karen and um angela is it angela or uh, angela, yeah, angela, uh both describe becoming pregnant uh and i believe in karen's case she was about three months pregnant she's 12 weeks she started to spot went to the doctor what happened
1: Yeah, it's um, in both cases, it's it's the same exact with with both Karen and Angela. It's the same scenario. So they both arrive at their, you know, OBGYNs. There's no collusion between Karen and Angela. They never met until the very end where I bring all four people in. We do a Zoom call. So there's absolutely no collusion. But in Karen's case, she goes to the doctor and there's no heartbeat. DNC, no fetal tissue. And the doctor looks at her and says, are you sure you were pregnant? And she says, you can talk to my doctor, my OBGYN, you know, Angela, we saw the heartbeat. We know it's there. They go in, no trace of anything. And this is, this is in in my, in my book, the Nephilim trilogy, the very first book I wrote there, this is, that came out in 1999. Let me just show you the, this is all, all three novels together. So it's like 900 pages. All three novels are together. It's based on lots and lots of research. And I remember reading about this decades ago, and that was published in 99. So it's getting up there. It's, you know, 20, 24 years old. It's hard to believe. Wow. And, um, geez, I was just the young whippersnapper then. <laughs> and uh, the protagonist, Art McKenzie, is, um, gets wind of this secret wing of this newly constructed hospital, and he sneaks up onto the seventh floor, and this this woman um, comes at him and says, "They always come out at night. They they it's always at night. They took my baby. They took my baby." And so we get into the whole abduction thing twenty five years ago, and that that that's based on research which goes back thirty years ago. So it's you know this has been in it for a long time. But then you meet someone like Karen, where it it's no longer a fictional account or somebody else's account. It's someone that I've met that had three children taken from her. And, and you know, it's visceral. It's gut-wrenching. And you realize that these, these guys are incredibly evil. They're nefarious. There's an agenda. And it ties into, at the end of the film, I mean, I tie all the scripture together and it ties into the fact that uh, their seed will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not cleave to them. It, it's right, it's screaming at us. Right, right. And yet, and yet most of the church is oblivious to it. They won't deal with it, which is just, you know, look, I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job, Richard. My hand's on the plow. Number five is on crop circles. We call it Convergence. That's the working title. That's blowing my mind, completely blowing my mind. So, you know, our our series will have seven films in it and the UFO and all of them will be done this year. We'll have, by this time next year, all seven will be finished.
0: Wow, you're working at breakneck speed and there's no time to waste. When you say, okay, so it does seem like, you know, things are ramping up. You talked about uh, Bigfoot sightings off the charts the last 30 years. Um, We have um, UFO sightings all over the world ramping up. now we have the media finally starting to catch up a little bit. That's not a joke anymore. It's not a joke. Uh, we have the government playing all of these games this cat and mouse game or whatever you want to call it. Uh, first they, uh, you know, they re- they disclose a little bit, then they pull back and then they they're teasing us. So but yeah, what? What is your sense in terms of a timeline? I mean, this coming UFO invasion? Is it imminent?
1: Well, it is imminent. It is, we are going to see full disclosure. It's a question how it happens. The late David Flynn, uh, who was a colleague, he, I, I miss him. He passed away in 2012. I believe once again that he was taken out. Just, just, just what I'm saying. I believe he was taken out. Um, he got way too close, and that's how the game was played back then. You know, you get. I, I was threatened for the Kandahar Giant. That's 2016. I was threatened by a guy from a deep state. So that's how the game is played. You, you, you If you get too close, somebody contacts you. And in the days of Roswell, you were threatened, mm. really. I was threatened too, though, so, you know. Your colleague,
0: the late Richard Shaw, producer-director that you worked with on the Watchers series and so forth, yeah. passed away in, was it 2019?
1: Yeah, just fairly recently. Um, I miss him terribly, he's a great guy. We did we did eleven films together. Had a great romp, and we went our separate ways. But we used to meet once a week for lunch, so that was just, you know there was friction there towards the end. I won't deny that, but we we reconciled, and we were actually talking about maybe getting together, and and doing something again. We did do the best of watchers um, after we went our separate ways. We did the best of watchers, which was really great to kind of get back in the saddle with Rick again. Um, he had a heart problem from the time he was born. so he wasn't taken out he unfortunately passed away from when they opened them up the heart just they they just disintegrated just like fell apart Mm -hmm.
0: so the the purpose of this invasion and people talk about how um you know the uh is it is it um uh, what's the name of this this project where they're going to try and uh uh use the the rap or the the ufo invasion to to um hide the rapture and so forth what's really the motive for this ufo invasion
1: well it's the neo-darwinists look out there the neo-darwinists realize that wait a minute you know darwinism eh. That the complexity of a deoxyribonucleic acid, the double helix of life, the spiral of life, which all life on this planet has a genetic code. That's what it is. Darwin knew nothing about it. But the neo-Darwinists now know that DNA is, is real and that everything, this genetic code is very complex and did not just just create itself. It created had to have come from somewhere. So they're looking out there for the creator of the DNA. And, you know, they're looking for panspermia. That's what they believe, that uh, we were seated here by an advanced race of extraterrestrials. But it collapses because, well, you know, who seated them? <laughs> you know, where did it start somewhere, right? They have no answers, but we do as as biblical, you know, as Christians who believe in the the, uh, the word we believe that, you know, Jesus spoke everything into existence. Without him, nothing that was not made that was made. That's what we believe. In the beginning was the Word, Word was with God, the Word was God, he was with God at the beginning, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And there you go. You either believe that, that well, that sounds like, you know, fantasy, L.A. Well, gee, an advanced race of extraterrestrials creating us. That sounds like fantasy, too. So which fantasy do you want to want adhere to? How about this fantasy, which has over 3,000 prophetic utterances, in it? not like the fuzzy quatrains of Nostradamus, but real scripture, prophetic scripture that you can latch your teeth onto, You know, go your way, Daniel. Seal up the words of his book. Men and women will run to and fro over the face of the earth, and knowledge will increase. How much more specific do you want to get? Here we are. We're in the last days. So the neo Darwinists are looking out there and they're thinking, we were seated here. So They're going to come back. The late David Flynn posited that there would be some sort of a nuclear event on the planet. So why is it that Zelensky gets a standing ovation in Congress? Somebody explain what I am looking at here. Why is the saber rattling between Putin and, and by the way, it really shows us just how inept the Russian army is? Hmm. Are you kidding me? Seriously? So do they have the nukes? Yeah, but do they work? We don't know. And the fact that Putin is saber rattling with nukes and now Europe is doing the same thing, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. So if a nuke goes off, and I've I've stated this numerous times for years now, if a nuclear event happens on the planet, it would set in motion the greatest collective fear that this planet has ever experienced together. 30 years ago, when I you know, was researching this, the internet was in its infancy. Now, when they light the grid up, like they lit the grid up for COVID, where everything got lit up and this is all you saw, they lit the grid up before that with the Fukushima reactor, the tidal wave coming in. When they light the grid up, that's it. It's all media. The entire planet is focused on this. If a nuke goes off, Richard, anywhere, that's it. That's all we'll be seeing the late David Flynn believed that would be the trigger. That's when they would show up, and all hell will break loose when that happens.
0: All right, another quick timeout back to uh, finish up with L.A. Marzuli. Stay with us.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back
0: to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. L.A. Marzuli and. The uh, documentary, UFO Disclosure for The Coming UFO Invasion, Exposing the Dragon's Dark Secrets. How do we uh, get a copy or screen it, L.A.?
1: Well, we don't have it streamed yet. That um, we We're in negotiations with some, you know, like Netflix, Prime Video, something like that. we're definitely trying to get it on there. So that's why I haven't put it up on my streaming site. The other three, you can stream. But we have a four-pack, which is a great deal. Um, DVDs go to la marzuli.net you can you know, purchase all four of the DVDs and and watch them at your leisure. And then you have them. You can invite friends over because um, this is the most important thing of our lifetime. There's no doubt about it. Because when they show up, it's a it's a paradigm shift in consciousness. Everything will shift when ET shows up. So we're we're calling it. This is a harbinger of deception. That's what this is. This is the coming great deception of malusiferian endgame and that's that's what i'm going with and that's what i'm banging the drum literally for decades and i think number 4 really shows that if we don't hear something soon from from prime video or netflix or whatever we will put it on our streaming site which is streaming.lamarzulli.net streaming.lamarzulli.net and thanks for your patronage because you you know by when you when you purchase our dvds or go on streaming you keep you keep the lights on here you do and we uh, keep doing and we keep you know putting more and more videos out
0: tell us about your upcoming uh, uh, trip to israel uh, on the trail of the nephilim this is uh, something that anyone can participate in
1: anyone can participate in i think there's we I, I forget how many people have signed up it's in october of 2023 if you're interested go to lamarzuli.net lamarzuli.net you can sign up for the trip and um, we will be going to nephilim sites like tel gezer which has a twenty foot tunnel? What does a five foot six Canaanite knee with a twenty foot high tunnel? Hmm. hmm. Standing stones all in a straight line. We go underneath the Temple Mount, where you'll see two blocks of stone that I believe were not not created by uh, human hands, because yeah, the Romans put them in the wall. They could they could do that, but we're looking at supernatural technology. You'll go to Mount Hermon, where the two hundred Watcher angels descended in the days of Jared. Uh, and, and created this oath with a Nephilim. That's where all that mischief started when they on on the on Mount Hermon. And there was actually a stele that they discovered where they they signed this pact. That's why it's called the Mount of the Oath. And that stele is in the British Museum even today. You'll go to places where you'll see the the dolmens. You'll go to Gilgal Raphaim, the circle of the giants. So there's lots to see and I will be your tour leader lecturing at all these places.
0: Fantastic. L.A. lamarzuli.net L.A. net. Uh, Mount Hermon is, I've heard this, I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, uh, that it is on the same degree latitude as Roswell. Is that true?
1: <laughs> that's, uh, that's the late David Flynn's work.
0: So it's true? It's true, yeah. Wow. What do you make of that?
1: Actually, if you want to know something, I will be going to interview David's twin brother very shortly. And I'll be interviewing and on film to get all of this on film because David's work was too important to let sink into obscurity. And um, I will probably make uh, a DVD just on the life of David Flynn. But, but parts of that will be interspersed with our upcoming films.
0: Just getting back uh, to the documentary again, part four, uh, UFO disclosure, part four, the coming UFO invasion exposing the dragon's dark secrets the, the four abductees in this documentary, uh, Angela, Karen, Emil, and Alan, uh, when when you started to help them put this all together, I mean, were th- I know that Karen was um, uh, a, a Christian, and that this is how it stopped for her at the age of 18. Her and her, I guess, her, some of her college friends decided, you know, they found the Lord and all of a sudden everything stopped until she got married and then they stopped going to church and it started again. But for the others, um, what happened t- to them in terms of like after their participation in this documentary, did you help them connect the dots as a result of this?
1: We actually meet once a month now, something I instigated, um, and we've had several other abductees join them. So I think we have six in our Zoom chat, we meet once a month, and I'm just a moderator, and we just kind of open the floor and let people talk amongst each other because it's important that we we keep this nucleus together. I don't wanna just, you know, create a film and then, well, thank, thanks for coming on the record. We also gave, excuse me, each of the participants a, a small stipend um, in perpetuity with the film. So, you know, each person gets a percentage of our, our proceeds, and it's not like we're, you know, we're selling tens of thousands of these things, but we hope it happens. We hope that it does go viral, that, you know, these things, and, and we are getting a good response because the film, there's no other film like it in Christendom number one. And there's really no other film out there that I'm even aware of that has four abductees on the record talking about this. There's no, now maybe somebody will do a copycatter, I don't know. But right now there's no other film like it that I'm aware of
0: why is the church almost you know the the church but almost seems embarrassed by talking about this uh, you know like what do they do with Genesis 6 and and the Nephilim and do they just gloss over it like what's going on there
1: most of, most people gloss over it most churches gloss over it most most say well it have you know I I actually did a um a show on Tuesday. I said, you know, L.A. addresses the critics because we had some email from people. What does that have to do with salvation or Jesus? It's like well, it's got everything to do, you know. And the and the guy even said, well, I haven't really read any of L.A.'s books or seen any of his videos, but well, that's ignorance because you never have. So how can you possibly weigh in on it? <coughs> and it's arrogance because you're going to sound off on it anyway. <laughs> it's a deadly combination, ignorance and arrogance. <coughs> so people have blinders on. And, you know, Jesus warned us that in the latter days they would have a form of religion but deny its power. Well, here we are. But then you get people like myself and others, you know, who are raised up and to try to just warn of the coming great deception, warn of the time that we live in, and and give people sound biblical answers, which are—because how else— You know, where is the Christian response to the UFO abduction phenomenon? Hmm? Well, we have it, and that's, that's why we do what we do. Our mission statement, Richard, just so you know, is to expose the deception of the prince of the power of the air and to herald the return of the king, Jesus. That's our mission statement, and that's what we try to do in every film.
0: All right part four of ufo disclosure the coming ufo invasion exposing the dragon's dark secrets hopefully streaming soon and in the meantime you can get more information at lamarzuli.net uh, and uh, it may end up at streaming.lamarzuli.net la great pleasure been too long thank you so much
1: thanks for having me on richard god bless you happy new year
0: god bless you